Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 19th of September, 2022. And on today's show, we take a look at the teams joining the Big 12. How did their weekends go? And also a uh, list of questions that we have for some of the teams in the Big 12. And also look at the top 25 to see where the Big 12 teams are sitting currently. All that and more coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. Our push continues trying to get to 2,500 right now. We need every single subscription that we can get. Tap that bell for notifications. Find us wherever you get your podcasts uh, on audio platforms, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of those places. Uh, All right. So let's get to the task at hand, a check-in on the teams that are joining the Big 12 Conference. And kind of the hottest team coming out of week number two was the BYU Cougars. And for good reason. They had that, you know, really impressive performance against Baylor, a 26-20 win in a double overtime after, you know, not having Gunnar Romney, not having Puka Nakua. Well, uh, you know, that 26-20 win came after a uh, really thumping on the road against USF. They, they beat them pretty badly. But then they had the reality check this week, and kind of the, the hot topic for BYU was, man, if they get by Oregon, they're in really good shape because they play Wyoming, they play Utah State, then they play Notre Dame in Las Vegas, uh, Arkansas was the game that we really circled and thought, wow, that could be a, that could, you know, if we get an undefeated BYU at that point, that could be really interesting. Liberty on the road, followed by Boise, uh, Utah, U, I think it's Utah Tech, and then Stanford. So they had a schedule that is full of power five teams, had some good opportunities. And, you know, if you make it through all of this, you got to think with wins against Notre Dame, Oregon, Baylor, Arkansas, and Stanford, along with BYU, uh, you know, or excuse me, Boise, Liberty, all those teams. Like, it looks like an actual schedule. It looks like a schedule a Power 5 team would play. And for the purposes of discussing the college football playoff, we thought there was some momentum there. Maybe, hey, they could do it. Now, look, that seems so far off to me that I'm not sure it bared a ton of talking about, but it was a storyline that definitely national media we're talking about after their convincing win. Well, that took a huge reality check this weekend. They lost 41 to 20 on the road in Austin Stadium. That's a place where it's really difficult for uh, teams to go in and win, but they were on the wrong end of a really good Bo Nix game. He was 13 of 18 for 222 and two scores. They ran the football really effectively, though, especially in that first half. It felt like they were just moving the ball all they, you know, as much as they wanted to. And they did a good job job stopping the run. And I thought, you know, for as physical and as good as BYU looked in their previous game against Baylor, they were not there this week. And that's one of the difficult things, you know, BYU's have to deal with when they play the Big 12. I mean, you have to play Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and, uh, you know, uh, those teams back-to-back, play a Baylor, you know, back-to-back, Kansas State. Like, I'm not saying they're all as physical as, as Baylor, and, um, you know, as Oregon, like, I'm not sure you're going to get, you know, that tough back-to-back in the Big 12 all the time. But you're going to, you know, you're going to have a lot of physical teams in this league. And sticking up at home on the road is important. 
They ran for 24 carries for 61 yards and a touchdown. BYU did. They actually had a good amount of success in the passing game, but they really got wiped out early in this first half. BYU went down 10, nothing. And then they went down 24 seven into the locker room. I mean, this one felt like it was just kind of one way traffic. And at one point this game was actually 38 to seven. So that 21 point uh, final score line really does not indicate that, you know, how, how much of a blowout this game was. And I think it's a step back for BYU, but you know, I think it was bound to happen. I mean, you look at that first three games at USF home for B, uh, home for Baylor. And then uh, on the road at Austin stadium, I mean, that's difficult. That's a difficult trio, especially when you take out Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney. I'm not saying this game would have been a win for BYU if those guys were there, but you could tell the passing game was just kind of, while it was somewhat successful, like a lot of it felt like it was picked up in garbage time. They just could not move the ball as effectively as they wanted to. And they called a really bad swing pass early in this game on fourth down into the flat in five yards and just got nowhere near. And I thought at that point, like it really felt like the momentum was all where it needed to be for Oregon. It just did not feel like BYU was in this game. And, you know, th- there were moments where like okay, at 10, seven, like, okay, it's, it's close. Isaac Rex, you know, great tight end, but th- they can really, they're really good uh, BYU when they can deploy all of those guys that they've got catching the football. And, that includes the, the young man they just uh, really found has been pretty good, Chase Roberts, the freshman. That includes Isaac Rex. That includes Nakua. That includes Romney. But when you take out those guys, like the diversity of the offense, it's it's kind of it's two of the four guys are just listed. It just goes away. And so uh, against a team like Oregon at home, who really needed that win, it just wasn't going to go their way. Now they have to reset because once again, that schedule is very difficult and. Uh, ECU, not a team that's going to roll over for them. Um, uh, that's later in the season. Wyoming uh, just got a big win. And then they've got Utah State also coming up here. Uh, I think that game is a Friday night game, I want to say, for them. Let me double check here. Uh, Thursday night game. They have Utah State yeah, next next week. So it's a Thursday night game. They'll be at home. So they can rip off a couple wins there and get themselves back in kind of momentum shape before they face Notre Dame, who we think has another good offensive uh, defensive front, rather. I think it's important they kind of get that, you know, rested and, and ready to go. And then because they have Notre Dame and Arkansas back-to-backs. Uh, so as a back-to-back. So that, that's important for them to get that rolling. All right. The, the second team I want to talk about is a team that we've already mentioned. Uh, I mentioned them yesterday. But I, I think that because of where they were sitting this season, Houston was a team that we all thought, or at least I thought, had a chance to run the table. I thought they were positioned well to be this year's Cincinnati team. And that is just not happened for them. Now we have to mention that injury McCaskill, their starting running back. They had suffered in camp or suffered last year in spring, but I guess earlier this spring um, has been a huge, huge blow for them. But the problem for them is that they cannot run the football very effectively. And, and their defense is just giving up points in bunches and bunches. Hey everyone, quick word from our sponsors on today's show. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you by the folks from Upside. It's the best way to save money in your day to day. From cringing at the pump, getting eye-popping checks at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts most and it really hurts right now. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app 
that helps you save money when you're buying gas, groceries, or dining out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app, use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and get $5 or or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next claim and offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. Once again, download that free Upside app, use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. Uh, I know it was triple overtime the first game, but you have 35 in that one. Then they give up 33 in the next one. It was double overtime, so the kind of numbers get a little skewed. But 48 against Kansas in a game they're winning 14 to nothing. You know, this was one of the best third down defenses in all of America last year. And uh, I thought Kansas just had their way with them. I think especially, let me double check there on third down to see how they did. Kansas, yeah, was 7 for 12 on third down in this game and had no problem picking up those. Uh, those it felt like they, were, they had a ton of success on third down, to be honest. Um, and so Houston, I mean, just got the, the doors blown off them at one point in this game on defense. They made it close in the end, but they um, their offense just is not as explosive as I thought it would be. You know, you, you got a guy like Nathaniel Dell there, and you think uh, that would that would help with them. Uh, I know Tayshawn Henry is a guy that they thought would really get going. He's only rushing for two yards a carry. I mean, as a team, they're running for 3.6 yards per carry right now. Clayton Tune is their second leading rusher. And so the they are just having a tough time with offensive balance. It feels like while Dell's off to a really nice start, you know, they're trying to figure out all right, who else do they have here and kind of missing McCaskill. It feels like that was a big piece for them uh, on offense. Their schedule is still somewhat favorable for them. Uh, I'm just kind of, it feels like they're not going to run through it. I mean, they have to run through that schedule at this point now to get 10 and two and then get 11 and two with the win, uh, which feels it's going to feel really difficult now. Um, you know, you kind of wonder about their chances to be the, uh, the non-group of five team in a new year's six bowl. You have to wonder like it's them. It's Cincinnati. Obviously UCF is still in that mix. Um, at, you know, out West, you're kind of wondering, Hey, who's that going to be? The Sun Belt obviously has got some good teams, and you kind of think that App State will be the ones with that win over AM who put themselves in position depending on how their schedule goes. So, not saying Houston's out of it yet. Their goals are still within reach. If you win the AAC, you normally are in pretty good shape for that New Year's Six game. Um, but I'm just not sure if they're that, that good. And, and look, the thing is, they do avoid UCF and they do avoid Cincinnati in their schedule. So, I think that's something important to notice. Uh, for the Houston Cougars. Also wins this weekend for UCF and for Cincinnati. Let's go with UCF first. Um, This game ends up being against um, FAU. The final score, uh, not one of those that indicates how good the close to kind of the game was. Um, This was a game that it was, it was close later in the game, but a second half, second half shutout really helped, UCF. I mean, I, th- I think they got a, a Florida Atlantic got a pickoff return. They got towards the end zone, and I think uh, UCF blocked the field goal. Right, really impressive play. Blocked the field goal there to to end up you know stopping that score, and they end up winning forty to fourteen. So this one got a little out of hand late, but um, I was able to watch them against Louisville, and 
it felt like John Rice Plumley, like he really good. He's just not the most accurate passer in the world sometimes. Um, you know, I, I like there's a reason why I know Matt Corral's in the NFL now, but there's a reason why I brought Matt Corral in and they end up switching quarterbacks. You know, they had John Rice Plumley also playing wide receiver because he was such a good athlete, but he was 16 for 34 uh, for 131 a pick against Louisville. So it kind of feels like when the competition takes a little bit of a step up that he does struggle, especially in the passing game. But this was a pretty good, it was a pretty dynamic performance, you know, for the most part, say the interception uh, for him. He threw for 339 yards. He ran for 121 yards and two touchdowns. Like he is a dynamic player, a dynamic athlete. You just kind of wonder, um, you know, when they start, when they do play that kind of top level competition, uh, how good is that going to be for them? But it was good to see Isaiah Bowser getting the ends in this game. I just kind of thought a win they needed, you know, after a home loss against Louisville in a game, like they felt like it felt like they were kind of poised to win that. I know there was rain and kind of the conditions made it weird or whatever. Um, but still, it was a good environment. I thought they should have won that game. They got beat by a Malik Cunningham. Great game. It's kind of uh, that's kind of the way it goes. They've got Georgia Tech at home coming this Saturday. They could put the nail in the coffin for Jeff Collins. I think it's very much in play. And I don't think um, Gus Malzahn would be a candidate for Georgia Tech. I think they're going to go a different direction than that. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised that if they at least make that call. Uh, I would not be shocked if they make that call when slash if slash when Jeff Collins ultimately does get the axe. Uh, last one to talk about here. Didn't catch a ton of this one, but a, a win for Cincinnati. They're kind of back on the horse now. Uh, 38-17 win on the road against Miami of Ohio. And this game, Ben Bryant, methodical performance. He ends up throwing for a lot of yards. I just never like am blown away by uh, how good he is. They ran the football really well in this game, 137 yards. Uh, and it really, McClellan was the one who ran the ball uh, really well. Charles McClellan, he ran for over 100 yards and two touchdowns uh, for Cincinnati. Get them now to two and one. And the thought is for me, like, all right, let's just see how good their defense is because they got toasted a little bit against Arkansas. Kind of curious to see if they can not recreate what they had last year, but they've got a great test in Indiana coming up. This is the return trip for Indiana, so it'll be at home. So another shot at a Power 5 team, Indiana, uh, coming off a dramatic win over Western Kentucky at home. So I think this game, obviously, uh, Cincinnati should be favored, but you know Indiana, uh, we know, is, is not always the easiest team to deal with. Uh, I know that they struggled a little bit with them early on in the game last year and able to take control of that game eventually. And their schedule is a little bit tougher. They do have to go to SMU, look pretty good, and UCF back-to-back. Uh, they also have Tulane. But Cincinnati, once again, like it would be would be remiss if we didn't count them in the conversation um, for a team that can make that push to a New Year's Six. All right, let's take a look now at the Big 12 in the top 25. And uh, the we'll use the AP poll because coaches poll, coaches poll I don't really care about. Oklahoma checks in at number six and then down the line in the top 10, you've got Oklahoma state at number nine. They actually dropped one spot this week uh, for Kentucky, which I thought was kind of odd, but you know, it's voting's voting, whatever. So uh, Oklahoma state blows out pine bluff and then they get sent down once again, a little odd, but whatever. Uh, Baylor is checking in at number 17 future big 12 winner. BYU is at number 19. The Texas Longhorns come in at number 22 and then receiving votes out of the big 12. You do have the Kansas Jayhawks who have received 23 votes. Now I actually was surprised to see Iowa state's not receiving any votes. either. I thought they, they, they get some love, but 
I guess the win against Iowa is not enough for people. And it was a pretty ugly game too. So they're three and oh, not there. But once again, there is currently one, uh, two, three, four current Big 12 teams and five current slash future Big 12 teams in the top 25 right now. BYU gets dropped seven spots, which I think is fair um, for them. Texas gets dropped a spot for after a 40, 40, what was it? 41 20 win over UTSA, which I thought was interesting. AM only went up one spot, which I thought was curious too. All right. So the, the conversation around this too is should KU be ranked, right? People are kind of wondering. Should Kansas be ranked? And to me, I mean, to me, it doesn't really matter that much. If they beat Duke this weekend, I think they will be ranked. Uh, I think that that will happen for them. Uh, they beat them impressively, I should say. They should be ranked. But I think there's just trepidation on putting Kansas there because, you know, people are still wondering, like, okay, they, they won two games last year, right? So, you know, it's the same group of guys. Uh, when they play, they step up in competition, which they eventually will here relatively soon. I mean, they play West Virginia, who's a legit team in the Big 12. So, you know, I think there's a lot of questions about that. I think I think for people who are not familiar with the Big 12, and, and look, it's not like I don't have any of myself. I, I do have some questions about how good KU is. Uh, also, to the folks that were talking about, you know, me with my Jalen Daniels take yesterday, I was just saying, like, he is an improving passer. He is an improving passer. He is a good passer right now, very, very good passer right now. But I think a lot of the, the pure passing – is being set up by some of the stuff that he does with his legs, which is not, it's not a, a knock on him. I just think it's like, there's, I think the upshot here is there's more room for him to grow as a passer. Now you say, well, his QBR is fantastic. Yeah, I get that. But look, he put it on um, in terms of like efficiency. He was off the charts efficient against Tennessee tech, right? In terms of passing, he was off the charts efficient against Tennessee tech. He was not crazy, crazy, crazy efficient in the last two games. So he was 15 for 18, which is 83% against Tennessee Tech. Uh, against uh, West Virginia, he was 18 for 29 for 219 and three touchdowns. And then against Houston, he was 14 for 23 for 158 and three touchdowns. So low 60s completion percentage. It's not bad. It's not what I'm saying. It's just like there is... Um, you know, th the results for him have been really good. I just think there's room for him to get better and grow, which is good. I don't think he's a finished, I mean, clearly not a finished product yet, but I don't think this is like a, like if he had a game where he really just struggled passing, I wouldn't be totally surprised. It, also, if there was a game where they were able to, uh, if they get controlled at the line of scrimmage, let's just say a Baylor controls them at the line of scrimmage and they can't, he can't use his legs as much. The pure passing is not there. Like that would not shock me. It's okay that he's coming along as a pure passer. This guy is in his third year, but like how legit were the first couple years for him with the players that were around him, right? This is a guy who's not like, he hasn't played a ton of football. Sure. He's been around for three years, but he's played what three games this year. And then one, two, three, four, five, six games last year. And the, you know, the, those weren't like, he didn't play a ton in the first three of those games. And so, and then he did play a good amount in his freshman year, but it's been so sporadic and it's been with different coaches. So like this guy's finally kind of getting his feet under him as the bona fide leader, right? As, as he is the full-time starting quarterback for a improving team that looks like they're going to put a scare into a lot of people. They've already gotten, once again, they're 3-0. And my point with this is like, should they be ranked? I mean, I don't know. I think they got some pretty decent, I think the the two road wins, you know, if, if this were... um. 
if this were college basketball, right? And they picked up two wins. And this is actually a funny comp. I'm using college basketball for Kansas football. But if they were to pick up these two, um, if they were to pick up like two road wins, like they picked up, you know, they would probably be ranked in college basketball. They'd definitely be moved off whatever bubble there is in college basketball. If they were a bubble team, now Kansas never really a bubble team. But you're understanding my point here. So they're picking up quality wins, and their offense looks really good, and I think Jalen Daniels is good. My point was he has got room to improve. He is nowhere near a finished product as a passer, and I think that's a good thing for Kansas and their future. Uh, all right, so a couple questions I have for some of these other teams. I'm going to get to these real fast and just kind of stuff we're going to think about during the course of the week. What do we make of Texas? You know, I, I think we're going to get a good answer on that coming up. And I'm just going to leave, you know, not going to get a ton of these, but just kind of leave them with you all. So you guys can stir on them a bit and we'll, we'll revisit them later on in the week. Um, you know, this team record wise, I'm not sure what's going to end up because the injuries for them, if they keep piling up, you know, once again, they've already suffered three pretty significant injuries, offensive line, wide receiver, there's suspension at tight end. There is an injury at quarterback. I mean, they, these guys are dealing with a lot of injuries already. There's a couple injuries. There's actually three injuries at quarterback. There's an injury to, excuse me, to Quinn Ewers. There's an injury to Hudson Card. And there's an injury to Malik Murphy. Two of those guys are out right now. Card is currently playing. Uh, so you kind of wonder, like, what is it going to end up like? Will their record be indicative of who they are? They'd be a better team than record because maybe some injury stuff and how they succeed and, and how they finish off games. That's a big question there. Um you know, Baylor, I'm really curious about Baylor. Actually, my two final questions about Baylor and Iowa State. Can Baylor take Xavier Hutchinson out of the game? What happens to Iowa State when they take out a Xavier Hutchinson? Can Hunter Deckers find new targets, find other guys to work with? Because it, right now, it's really just the Xavier Hutchinson show. Um, the other guys obviously getting involved, but like that is, that's the key to the offense. I mean, Xavier Hutchinson has just been a madman this year. So far, and Hunter Deckards is obliging him in this. He's throwing them the ball as much as he should, as he could and should in some ways. Uh, but I'm curious to see what happens if they take him away. And then for Baylor, like how good is how good is this Baylor team? Is it going to be as good as we thought it could be at the end of the year? I'm really curious to see where they go. So some stuff I'm just marinating on right now. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at lo big twelve. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show of each podcast and on YouTube as well. Make sure you guys subscribe, like the videos, notifications, leave your comments below about what you all think. Uh, you know, will we see uh, a new Big 12 team in a New Year's Six game this year? I think it's a big question about this. There are a lot of flaws in them, but uh, they've got some talent, obviously, across all of these rosters. So leave us your thoughts on that. All right, till next time, my friends. As always, stay safe.